Hi, I'm Christine Dorr, owner of Neococo. And I'm Tammy Tan, owner of Spicehound. And we are co-owners of Kitchen 519, our commercial rental kitchen in the San Francisco Bay Area. Welcome to Lettuce Wrap, the podcast about food, food business, and the people who work in the industry. Today, we have Amanda Garcia. She's my chocolatier for Neococo. She's been with us for five years now. So welcome, welcome Amanda. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you for having me. So how did you get started in the business? So back in 2012, I went to pastry school. I studied English literature and creative writing beforehand, but I'd always had a love for baking and pastry. I didn't know quite where I wanted to go with it right away. So I started off just with a really open mind in culinary school. You know, I knew that we would go over quite a few different types of pastry and types of desserts. And so by going into it with an open mind, I was able to see that chocolate was really the direction that I wanted to go in. I just fell in love with the units that we did and I took it to the extreme and I had to research all of the local chocolate shops. I had to go to the chocolate salon and see that's where I first met you, but you probably don't remember <laughs> because you were busy selling chocolate. So um, I brought my whole class with me and we came around, tasted Neo Cocoa confections and lots of other local chocolatiers. And right after school, I decided to apply for chocolate jobs. It started. Hold on. Where did you go to school? The International Culinary Center. And I went to the California campus. Where's the California campus? It's in the San Francisco Bay Area in a small town called Campbell, California, and it's right next to San Jose, right in the heart of the Silicon Valley. Did did uh, the school help place you? Yes, it did. So um, International Culinary Center has a really great career center, and they allow you to tap into those resources forever. So I can always, if I were ever without a job, if I were ever ready to transition into a different field within culinary, I would be able to contact them and say, hi, this is my update. And can you help me find a new position? And this is what I'm looking for. And they have a great career services department. Um, are you glad you went to culinary school? Would you, if you had to do it over again, would you have done not gone or? So culinary school, I think it was a very good choice for me because I'm the kind of person who would rather learn all of the fundamentals of something that I'm learning so that I can have that basis, that foundation so that I can go forward and use those skills and learn to break the rules. Because I'm a firm believer that you need to learn the rules before you break them. But once you've got those rules down, you should play around. So would you recommend that somebody go to culinary school before? I I recommend going to culinary school for a couple of reasons. Not just that, but also I found before I went to culinary school, I was applying for jobs in kitchens, but most kitchens require that you either have a culinary education or equivalent experience. And I couldn't get into a kitchen to get the equivalent right. experience Catch without school. So um, it's a good way of getting in. But, you know, you don't have to go to a private school like I did. Um, it, it can be very expensive, um, but there is financial aid out there. Um, there are lots of community college programs out there right now. And the really cool thing I'm noticing is a lot of elementary, junior, high, 
and high schools are starting to incorporate culinary experience into the curriculum. So we are probably going to be expecting a generation of of kids coming through who are going to have a good basis, a good knowledge base before culinary school. When you were going to school, I guess high school or, or middle school, I know Christine and I remember fond memories of home ec when we were young, but did you have that? So I did not. I am an older millennial. So I'm in my 30s. I went into school during a time where home ec was really being phased out. The idea of home ec was seen as kind of anti-feminist in a way. I also went to an all-girls school in high school, and they did have a cooking course. But the year that I went in, the teacher retired and nobody came in to take over that course and it wasn't and it wasn't seen as a requirement. So yeah, most of my food experience before then had to do with a family member who owned a restaurant and, you know, just people in my family who were passionate about food in general. So that was my exposure before culinary school. So what's a what was your first chocolate job? I had two jobs. First coming out of um, culinary school. Neo Coco was one of the first jobs that I had. And I also worked for Fleur de Coco in Los Gatos. So downtown Los Gatos, it's a traditional French pastry shop with French truffles, French style truffles. Um, so I got to learn two very different styles of chocolate business. So um, how did you meet Christine? I guess, how did you get to Neo Coco from Florida? So um, I... Right away, as soon as I found out I was interested in chocolate and um, it just happened to coincide with the time of year that um, chocolate production tends to gear up. So a lot of chocolatiers were hiring at the time. So I asked my career center representative and they said, hey, we've got a couple of chocolate businesses that are looking for work. Apply with them. And Neo Coco was one of the businesses. So I applied, I came in for an interview, and then eventually I staged. And they've been, I guess, happy with me so far. It's been five years <laughs> since. So we've done a lot of things since I started. Okay, this is my evil question. How's it been working for Christine? Ah! <laughs> oh, no. I mean, Christine has been actually a really great boss. So um, coming in, the reason that I've been here for so long, and I have worked for other shops as well, but the reason that I've stayed with Neo Coco is because I've been given the freedom to experiment and to develop recipes and um, go into other product, help introduce other product lines and things like that. So creatively, it's been very fulfilling for me. What are some of the like fun things you've developed with Christine? Um, some of the favorites, well, the most popular right now is our brittles, our line of brittles. Um, black sesame brittle is the one that we just can't get enough of in the kitchen, outside of the kitchen. Whoever tastes it just falls in love. The other confection that I've helped develop around here that I really enjoy is our double chocolate marshmallow squares. They're a chocolate marshmallow that we dip in dark chocolate, and it is just the most amazing comfort confection is. ever. I have one quite often. I'm not going to say how often, but yes. there's been many a time Amanda's walked in on me yeah. having one. 
I call it her chipmunk face because her chi- her cheeks are blown up just a little bit, just a little. <laughs> um, and I'm like, oh, she's got chipmunk cheeks. It means she's snacking. <laughs> I personally have walked in on her and she's either snacking on the sesame brittle or she's snacking on marshmallows. And mm-hmm. I think those are your two top ones. Oh, no. People know now. Everybody knows. I thought it was just Amanda. You've been exposed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, to me, that's a sign of how good your stuff is. I mean, that you personally love your own product and that you're willing to eat it. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, it's kind of why I'm doing it. <laughs> Getting the chocolate business so you can have good snacks. <laughs> yeah. And you're not, and you both haven't been sick of chocolate either. I mean, no. you're constantly. Well, it's a really highly it's it's in a very dynamic stage right now, the chocolate industry. You know, there's just a lot going on. There's so much out there that we can't get bored. You know, there are a lot of different chocolate makers who are making excellent chocolates partnering up with us like Dandelion Chocolate has partnered up with us to have some of their chocolate on top of our sesame brittle. And we're a part of their advent calendar during the Christmas season as well. With companies like that, exploring the bean to bar field, it just keeps chocolate exciting for us. It's always developing and it's never, never boring. What, where do you see your career going? Like where do you want to be in five years? In five years, maybe eventually I'd like to start my own business, but I don't know that it would be just chocolates. I'm also very interested in baking cookies. That's one of my signature items outside of work um, that I make a lot of for my friends and family and things like that. Probably eventually I'll be transitioning out to have my own business down the road, but that is... That'll be closer to the five years. I'm going to need to, I'm probably going to be moving out of the Bay Area eventually. You know, right now we're in a situation where um, it's impossible for me to buy a home right now, given house prices. Um, But it's also even more impossible to continue renting a home because the numbers just don't make sense. So we're going to buy a home eventually. It's just a matter of where within our budget and hopefully not too far away from the Bay Area. What are other things that you would like to do in the future within Neococo, that is? I mean, uh, would you like to do more sales? Do you want to do more classes? You know? Well, I, I love teaching. It was a path in my career that I had considered briefly. And I love teaching, especially with kids. Kids are a lot of fun for me. I have nieces and a nephew, and it's so much fun showing them how to make meringue and make cookies and things like that. So I really enjoy doing that. So I'd love to have the opportunity to teach some classes, or I'm always in on the lookout or what is always on my brain is what is the next flavor that I can develop for our products, especially the brittle, because the brittle is kind of our most recent addition in a way that has taken off to the point where it has matched up with our classic truffles. So we started off with the truffles and then we moved into the brittles and now the brittles have just taken off. So thinking about new brittle flavors is something that I like to work on and work on recipe development, I guess, is the best way to look at it. Do you see any trends, food trends out there, flavor trends? (laughs) (laughs) Right now, 
plant-based is really the big trend that is just plant-based everything. Um, I know it's not as relevant to chocolate, but that is like the biggest trend that I have seen out there. And I'm seeing now that we've had the sesame brittle out more and more. And actually, it's been, what, two, three years that we've had the sesame brittle on the market. So um, lately, I've been seeing more and more people pairing sesame with chocolate. For example, I saw a tahini mocha smoothie recipe on YouTube recently. So it's just becoming more mainstream. And I don't know that we were necessarily the people who set that off, but I feel like we were... were, I think we're sensitive to it. Yes, we were on the upward trend, I think, which was good for us. I think that's a big trend that's coming out right about now. How about the pumpkin spice? Oh, boy. Pumpkin spice. We have opinions about pumpkin spice at NeoCoco. Uh, it seems like everybody loves pumpkin spice, and I respect everyone's right to enjoy pumpkin spice. But to us, it's not as exciting of a flavor. It's a flavor that is complementary to pastries and things like that. But I feel like it's a flavor that has taken over or rather just become... It's like the blob that has a mind of its own. It's just taking over everyone's (laughs) mind and telling you it's winter time, it's fall time, it's pumpkin spice time. But I just, in my opinion, there are other flavors around that time of year that I find more exciting. What about the, the whole salt trend, like salted caramel trend? Well, I don't really believe that salt is a trend. Um, and the reason is because you really do need salt to make anything really stand out flavor wise, you know, I mean, in a small way or a large way, salted caramel has been a very popular thing in recent years, but it's not something completely new. You know, it's something that has been around for a good long while. And I just don't think that salt is a true trend because we all use it. We use it in everything. I don't think anybody's going to stop using salt unless it's for nutritional purposes or dietary reasons. How about the alcohol trend, like pairing um, bourbon or tequila? Uh, Okay. I was going to say alcohol, I don't think is a trend either, but pairing, I think, is definitely a trend. And I think that's a sign of First of all, the area that we live in and, you know, we live in the kind we're right now we're basically in the Silicon Valley and there is a lot of desire for luxury high end experiences and wine pairing is something that fits into that mindset very well. And when you think about it, there are just so many other categories of food that can be looked at through a lens, chocolate is very similar because like wine, chocolate has, um, has origins, you know, you can get a Chardonnay, which is made from a Chardonnay grape in the Chardonnay region. Right. But in chocolate, more of the conversation is turning to, okay, well, we got this cocoa bean from Brazil. And so it has terroir the way that wine would. So you can taste flavor notes and things like that. So I think that pairing specifically with alcohol is probably a trend, but I think it's going to turn or evolve into how can we create flights or tastings of other categories of food or beverage like teas or chocolates, 
things like that. How about savory notes or chilies? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Hot sauce tastings, things like that. Of course I've, but being a chocolatier, my mind's always in the sweet world. Not necessarily. Sometimes you got to go there. Definitely. Try that out. Mm -hmm. See what happens. Make sure that doesn't work. And then you can go back. Exactly. We've been there. Well, uh, one of your passions is cookies. Why not cookies and and Neococo or Neococo-fied cookies? (laughs) Neococo-fied cookies. Well, I don't feel like we have the proper cookie resources right now we don't have the right equipment for cookies you need special ovens and we do have an oven here but it is not the kind of oven you would want for cookie production yeah and you know of course shelf life yes that too yeah that's the first thing i think of Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah longevity of your product yes which is key yes i know one of your interests is also podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know whenever I see Amanda in the kitchen, I always see her uh, listening to her favorite podcasts. Yes. <laughs> Any that you would like to recommend? Oh, my goodness. Maybe food related. Food related. Okay. So I would say my favorite food related podcast is Gastropod. Gastropod is um, about food, but it's through the lens of science and history. So they have they do have a great chocolate episode, but they also do epi- they did an episode about jello because recently a book came out about the history of the jello brand. So they did an episode in conjunction with that which was fascinating. So it's it's about food but it's not a cooking show. And I like to also learn about the history of things, um the cultural ramifications of us enjoying a certain category of food. Things like that. And that's what they cover in Gastropod. So if you're ever working in our kitchen and you walk in, it may be like four o'clock in the morning, might be six o'clock in the morning, could be noon, could be four in the afternoon. You're probably going to hear Amanda playing something besides food podcasts. Yes. So (laughs) I have interests that are not just food. I know it's this is quite a big trend. And again, technically a trend, but really it's been around for a long, long time. But uh, true crime is very huge right now. And I am always listening to something with a criminal element. So um, my favorite murder is a big podcast right now. And I enjoy that one. Um, Criminal is also another really popular one that I enjoy. What's the one that you took brittle to? Oh, (laughs) that was um, that was a true crime podcast. It's called Small Town Murder. It's a smaller podcast. They focus on um, murders in small towns from all over the United States, but it's actually a murder comedy podcast. So what they do is they make fun of the people who have perpetrated the crime. They find humor in that person rather than taking humor in the out of what happened to the victim. Wait, wait, we need to go back to this. You took toffee to them? Yeah. So <laughs> my my uh my partner, he took me to see one of their live shows and he got us a meet and greet ticket. And I when I meet people who who I admire or you know, I th- I look at it as this. I don't pay to listen to their podcast episodes. So the least I can do is bring them the chocolate that I'm working on while I'm listening to their podcast. 
Did you get any feedback about that? No, not at the moment, just because um, it was there was a line of people behind me. So they were able to say, oh, that's really cool. Thank you. And they set it aside. And I don't know what they did with it after that. So lost <laughs> in the pile of gifts that yeah. they have received. Yeah. James and Jimmy, I'm talking to you if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think of the brittle? <laughs> Come on, small town murder guys. Yeah. You're comedians, but let you me know. Go need some <laughs> feedback about that. <laughs> One of the things we like to do is there's sort of a quick fire round for you. I'm going to do the first one. Okay. Oh, boy. Now I'm worried. <laughs> we, just, uh, don't, we don't want you to think about it. Okay. As Christina and I seem to know you so well. <laughs> <laughs> I've been around. <laughs> okay. So first one is um, chocolate or cheese? Ah! <laughs> oh, cheese, I guess. Mostly because I can just, I could probably survive better off of cheese. Okay, so when you're in the situation, you're on a uh, desert island. Or? I guess I, I I'm in the zombie apocalypse. I don't know. Okay. Um, Worst case scenario, yeah, oh, I would take both. I would take okay. both. That's a hard one. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking <laughs> yeah, you that. They one. know me. Oh god. Okay, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> okay, cats versus kids. Mm, cats. <laughs> Ooh, says this now. <laughs> yeah, I like kids, but I mean, I can't just run up to a like one of my nieces or my nephew and just like give them a hug without you know issues my cat will just lay there and be like okay i will i will embrace your hug very passive yes very passive and she just has fewer needs (laughs) so but i I know how needy she can be too well of course i mean she is she is a being in of herself but and she's very particular in how she likes her affection. So, uh, so I mean, she's needy for a cat. Okay, next one. Reading books versus audiobooks. Ooh, it depends on the book. But now in my life, I would say audiobook in general. But there are certain books that I listen to and I say to myself, I wish I were reading this. And that usually has to do with a nonfiction book where it's giving me information that I'd like to go back to. Or sometimes there are fiction books that are a little more complicated. So I will want, it it becomes more important to read the words on the page and see the formatting and things like that. That's all. Okay. Cookies versus brownies. Cookies. Definitely. I'm, I'm very picky about my brownies. I have very, I have ideas about what a brownie should be and not everybody is in line with my ideas. Well, now yeah. what is that? <laughs> so um, my partner, actually, he loves brownies and he hates the ones I make for him, which is funny because nobody has ever said I make a bad brownie. And what it is, is he grew up on box mix brownies and he prefers a cakier texture to a brownie. So a lot of people like a cakey brownie and I'm like, that's just cake. So you can have your chocolate cake without frosting, but call it a cake. So I like my words. I like my brownies with a crust and fudgy center. So that that those are requirements. I will eat those if you bring them in. (laughs) (laughs) But then but for you, cookies. Cookies are my number one. Well, here's a fun fact that you didn't ask for. Um, my very first word was cookie. 
my mom ha- will tell people that the very first word I ever said was cookie. Most people say mom or dad, not me. <laughs> I had my priorities, I guess, as a as a baby. So cookies just have always been a major part. And I've been baking them since I was about five or six years old on my own. So they've just always been a major part of my life. Okay. Tea versus coffee. Mm, depends, but probably coffee. Probably coffee, um, especially now because we're in a time of year that I'm extra busy. So I need the extra boost, but I, I love the flavor of coffee too. But I won't turn away your tea. I will never turn away tea. <laughs> nice. So, well, thank you, Amanda. Thank you for, for taking the time to come in and speak with us. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's my first podcast experience on this end. So it's interesting. So, Christine, what's one of your takeaways from our conversation? One of the things that we talked about today uh, was that I'm always very interested in is talking to people about their education, about their schooling, specifically in culinary. If they had gone to school, are you glad you went to school? Um, If you didn't, do you wish you had? So, did you feel it's worth it to you? Because you went to culinary school. Yeah, personally, I, I'm glad I did. I was pretty young. I was 19 when I got into it. And this is before the internet. Oh, God. Yeah, before the internet. So you didn't have I had Julia Child on PBS. That's what people I mean, you know, watching TV inspires a lot of people even now, right? Yes. Food Network has inspired a wave of people. I'm sure. And YouTube and just, you know, being able to look all those those things up and see those things. It's amazing, right? And uh, I pers- I did not go to culinary school and I don't know if I would. I don't think there's something pertaining to what I do personally. I feel like the things that I do for Spice Hound that I probably need to go s- to school for is like an MBA, like, you right. know, a business for school. Business. Yeah. Yes. So the entrepreneurial side. Right. Do you think if you were 19 at the time and you, something you were interested in, would you, you know what I mean? It's like an entry. Yes. I think, yeah, absolutely. If I wasn't able to like bootstrap my own business and do all that, like how do you get your foot in the door? Um, Well, internship, like all I can think is you walk up to a restaurant and you go, I'm interested in working in the kitchen. Can I work here? Right. With no knowledge of anything i think back in the olden days you could do that but nowadays the job market being what it is well it goes both ways right i mean right now it's 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 an interesting time there is a lack of of employees for the food business world right so at least in the bay area so you might be able to actually walk up to a kitchen and have that passion and just say like, look, can I stage for you? <laughs> you know, like, right. will you take me on? And they right. might actually. Yeah. So now let's say if you've had a career for at least 10 years of anything, it doesn't matter. Let's say you're in your thirties, which you have went to culinary school. Oh, probably not. Probably not. So that's the situation you're in. Yeah, that's the situation that I was in. And so maybe through my life experiences, I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable or confident. Right, so that confidence, yes, yes. That's what I always think that culinary school can help bring. Right, I had more confidence in starting it. But you're right, if I was 19 or 18, you know, and I decide not to go to college or something like that, I don't know if I would have the confidence to do uh, 
to start a business, much less in food or anything, really, right? Right. Right. So. Thank you for listening to Let Us Wrap with Christine and Tammy. Thank you to our engineer and producer, Jason Anthony Guy. Please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. If you have any feedback or suggestions, please tweet us at Let Us Wrap Pod or email us at lettucewrappod at gmail.com. Take it away, Amanda. Until next time, it's a wrap.